welcome to Playful Joy, a parenting podcast without the guilt. My name is Charlene Nicole, and I've been a teacher for more than 10 years. I have two children of my own, and I've been working with children since I began babysitting around the age of 13. Um, I've also worked with children with special needs in daycares, preschools, and uh, one very special foster home. I wanted to start this podcast because I wanted to rediscover the joy of parenting and being with my children again, and just share funny stories to make you laugh. I want to help dispel the myths of perfection we see on social media and remove shame and blame from this parenting game. My goal is to help you feel that you're not the only one who feels like you don't know what you're doing. You're not the only one who's wondering how life with children isn't what you thought it would be. This podcast gives helpful tips, tricks, and advice to help you with whatever life with kids throws your way. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you love it. Welcome to the podcast. This episode is one that almost didn't happen. I wasn't sure if I should create an episode about coronavirus. I wasn't sure if it was my place and what do I know? And I thought about having a doctor on. If you know me well, you know my sister-in-law is a doctor. I thought, well, maybe I'll ask her if she wants to come on and talk about this or I don't know. I just wasn't sure. And so I've been thinking about it, reflecting on it, meditating on it. Obviously I decided I should make one, but I just had to think, why did I start this podcast? What is the point? And I started it to share helpful conversations and information about parenting to help people feel less alone. So tonight I just wanted you to know that you're not alone if you don't think that this will be as bad as everyone says. And you're not alone if you think that maybe it'll be worse. You're not alone if you think the amount of times you hear about coronavirus in a day is just overwhelming. You're not alone if you're worried about your family members who may be at risk of dying. You're not alone if you're worried for yourself. You're not alone if you wish we could all just fast forward to a place in time where this fearful situation is over and but we can't. So I just thought, let's focus on what we know and what we can control. And I'm not sure if I shared before on this podcast, but, um, I have, have, and continue to suffer from panic attacks. And one of the best ways that I know to come out of a panic attack or stop myself from feeling just completely overwhelmed is grounding. And if you haven't heard that before, it just means like coming back to the present moment, basically. So mindfulness and being here in the moment right now and nothing else. And so this is coming back to your senses. So I use my fingers and I think about your hand is always with you. So it's easy to do. So you think about five things that you can see. So you just name them like, right now I see a blanket, I see a microphone, I see a book, I see a phone, and you just keep naming things. Five things you can see, four things that are, that you can feel right now or that you can touch. So I feel my clothes on my body. I feel, um, my bottom on the seat. I feel the wind on my skin. I feel the headphones on my ears, three things. And then you do three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. So it's always five, four, three, two, one. And sometimes 
honestly, I forget the order and I do like two things I can taste and one thing I can smell and it doesn't really matter. The point is to bring your mind away from whatever is overwhelming you and back to the present moment, back to your senses, back to your body. So I hope that if you're feeling anxious or upset or triggered that the that grounding um, activity can help. And it's a good one for kids too. And just like, let's play the senses game. Let's name, name five things you can see quick, four things you can hear. Just kind of just, it's a distraction as well. Um, and it just stops your mind from spiraling. And I just wanted to share that. And I wanted to share that information is power and where we get our information from is really important in times like this. And I think that, um, where I've been getting information from is the, I'm in British Columbia. So the BC center for disease control, but wherever you are, you can go to, you can go to that website or you can go to your own country's, um, website and just see like, what can you do? So what can you do to help reduce your risk? We all probably know these already, but wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. And it says using soap and water is the single most effective way of reducing the spread of infection. If a sink is not available, use alcohol-based hand sanitizer and rub for 10 to 15 seconds and try not to touch your face and eyes, nose, and mouth. And then I just wanted to share a, I don't know, a life hack that I have. And I don't know about you, but everyone gives my kids bubbles because I kind of didn't give my firstborn that much candy and, was, and she had they both have food sensitivities. So we get bubbles for like Easter, Halloween, Christmas, all the things, right? And they come in um, goodie bags and everything. And when my oldest was little and I still had a stroller, I would keep bubbles in the stroller to like blow at her when we were waiting or whatever. Keep, uh, keep us busy and fun and distracted. But then we always went to this one playground and they never had soap. So um, I started just pouring some bubbles in our hands and then they had a sink. So there was water, but no, no soap ever. So we just used that because I didn't want to use hand sanitizer on my like toddler. So it, which it's fine too. I don't know why I didn't want to at the time, but I didn't. So yeah, I would just pour a little bit of bubbles and then wash. So if you don't have hand sanitizer and say you are out running errands and you want to wash your hands after every store, as we're being told to do now, you could just bring bubbles and then like a bottle of water. And so I just put a bunch of bubbles from the dollar store in my trunk and then a couple bottles of water and they're in there. So if you run out of hand sanitizer because people are, you know, overstocking or, or it's running out in the stores, then you must, I don't know, probably everyone has bubbles on hand if, if you have young children, I think. So that was a good little, uh, good little tip. And, um, yeah. So then I'll give you some more information from the center for disease control. And then I'll just tell you how you can talk to your kids about it and what, what I'm doing and maybe what, yeah, just share my experience so far. Um, this is from the BC center for disease control about how it's transmitted. Coronavirus is transmitted via larger liquid droplets. When a person coughs or sneezes, the virus can enter through these droplets through eyes, nose, or throat if you're in close contact. The virus is not known to be airborne, i.e. transmitted through the particles floating in the air, and it is not something that comes in through the skin. 
It can be spread by touch if a person has used their hands to cover their mouth or nose when they cough. That's why you're recommended to sneeze into your arm or your elbow. And then they have a link to listen to a doctor talk about it. So I was really confused by this like droplet airborne thing. So here's some more about that. Droplet contact. Some diseases can be transferred by large infected droplets contacting surfaces of the eyes, nose, or mouth. So large droplets that may be visible to the naked eye are generated when a person sneezes or coughs. These droplets typically spread one to two meters and are too large to float in the air. So be airborne. So they it's confusing because they do float through the air, right? When you sneeze, they're sent through the air, but they're too large to float. So they don't stay in the air. Um, so they come out of someone's nose when they cough or sneeze, and then they quickly fall to the ground. Um, and then, so that's coronavirus. It's transmitted by droplet contact. And then that's instead of airborne transmission, which occurs when much smaller evaporated droplets or dust particles containing the microorganism float in the air for long periods of time. Transmission occurs when others breathe the microorganism into their throat or lungs. So some um, diseases can be tr- can stay in the air in dust particles, which we know float in the air. Think of like the sun shining on the air in your car and you see all the dust drop- <laughs> all the dust floating in the air. So that's airborne transmission. So that can stay in the air for much longer. It's much lighter. It'll just float around. So coronavirus, from what they know right now and what is on the BC Center for Disease Control, isn't transmitted airborne, but it's by droplet contact. But those drops come through the air and you've seen people sneeze. There's lots of images on the internet if you want to look of a sneeze coming out of someone's mouth. It comes out really fast and it goes really far. So, So it comes through the air, but it doesn't stay. Once that sneeze comes out, it quickly falls to the ground, but it also stays on surfaces. So we have to think about that too. So um, what's being recommended is um, what I've already said, and then also cleaning surfaces that are touched often. Um, And then if you think that you might have it, um, you can help preventing it, prevent it by obviously social, we've all heard about social distancing now, keeping away from other people. And then, but what I didn't know was to call ahead if you're going to go to a doctor. Um, so you should go if you have symptoms and you've been in close contact with someone who is known to have it. So, um, I think that's good to know that you don't need to just run to the doctor. Um, if there's, no reason that you might have it, but I mean, we don't know. So that's a tough one. You have to make your own call or you can read what I'm reading on the BC Center for Disease Control. Um, But it does say to call ahead so that they can prepare for your arrival. And um, that's something that I've heard from a doctor as well, that they have to protect themselves. Obviously doctors are, and nurses and everyone's on the front lines have to protect themselves. So information I really think is important. And if you listened to the episode on talking to your kids about sex that I did with Samantha Strange, um, she agreed that just information never hurt anyone. In this case, it's it could cause fear. So what I'm doing with my own kids is what I'm going to tell you, and you're going to make your own choices, obviously, and everyone's going to, but I'm just being very mindful of what they hear um, so I'm not, I don't have the news on when they're in the room, I'm getting mine from my phone and just reading it. Um, and then I really liked what I found on, um, 
it's the Fred Rogers Center. So like Mr. Rogers, um, this is a quote from him. And I just liked this, this thought. It says, I know how tough it is some days to look with hope and confidence on the months and years ahead. But I would like to tell you what I often told you when you were much younger. I like you just the way you are. And what's more, I'm so grateful to you for helping the children in your life to know that you'll do everything you can to keep them safe and to help them express their feelings in ways that will bring healing in many different neighborhoods. So just like everything in parenting, we always have to think, what do we want them to learn? Like, what do we want them to remember from this? What do we want them to come away with? And I think just helping your child to know that the adults in their life are protecting them and that doctors and nurses and scientists are taking care of people who are sick and are working on a solution is really important. I know that helped me. Like I think of the World Health Organization. I think they've known about this way longer than I have and they've been working on it tirelessly. And um, that helps me to feel like that, that someone's doing something. And we can empower children by getting them to be a helper, which says, if you ever watched Mr. Rogers, that sounds like him, right? So you can be a helper by washing your hands and covering your nose and mouth when you sneeze or cough. So tell children that. Empower them to be a helper and protect people who are at risk and by doing those things. So we can help people who are old or people who might already have a disease by not spreading it more. And the way you can do that is wash your hands for 20 seconds and cover your sneezes and coughs. And then maybe along with being mindful of what your children hear and see on the news is limit how much they see and hear. So as we've all seen, it's getting more and more and more. Um, but it's important that children know that no one is responsible for people being sick and like it's not anyone's fault just something that happened and we're all going to get through it. And then let your children know that they can come to you with questions. So if you don't know the answer, then you just say, well, I wonder about that too. Let's look it up. Let's find an answer. Let's go to here or there. And, and then just ask them what they've heard and listen without judgment and, and let them be fearful and let them have their feelings. And I know I've said this before, but name their feelings for them. So, oh, that must, did you feel, you sound like you felt really scared when you heard that people could die that are over 60 and you know that your grandma and grandpa are over 60. How do you feel about that? Or does that make you nervous? That would make, that makes me nervous too. And, you know, just you're in it together and we're all going through this together. So just let them know that, that they're safe with you and that their feelings are safe with you. And whether they're feeling worried or sad or angry, whatever it is, it's okay. And that you're there for them. That's all that anyone needs right now. I really like the idea of empowering them as a, as a helper. And I also really like this idea from Kelly's Treehouse on Instagram. She says, Young children are going to remember how their family felt during this coronavirus panic more than anything specific about the virus. Our kids are watching and learning about how to respond to stress and uncertainty. Let's wire our kids with resilience and not panic. 
And I just think that's so true. That quote about they won't remember what you taught them, but they will remember how you made them feel. That's big. That's, that's true. And, and while it's okay to be feeling fearful and worried and maybe even panicked, how we deal with those feelings is what our children are learning from us. That's what's wiring their brain. They are going to emulate what we do. And I know that's heavy and it's like, oh great, one more thing to do, but it's, it's true. And so the more we can move from a place of information and a place of helping and a place of looking for solutions and a place of just finding, still finding a way to carry on to be, be with each other and be happy and find fun amongst the fear, I think is really important. And that's what we can do for our children at this time. And like everything else and every other choice in parenting, we always have to think, how do we want them to feel? What do we want them to learn? Do you want them to look out for only themselves at this time? Do you want them to be a helper? Obviously, we're all trying to protect the ones we love, including ourselves and our fam- and our immediate families. But also, what can we do for others at this time? Are you texting friends? T- tell them about it. Say, oh, just a minute, I'm texting auntie or I'm texting grandpa to see how he's doing and see if I can drop anything off for him. Oh, we might need to go check on our elderly neighbor. You know, those things tell them you're doing it. A lot is done on our phones now and our kids don't see it. Like when I was growing up, if someone called, you know, the phone rang and then you picked it up and then you talked. (laughs) Remember those days? Well, our kids aren't seeing that. So I think it's important to really make it known how we're helping, how we're helping to them and then empower them in how they can help. So maybe you're making meals for someone, get them to help make the meal, obviously after washing their hands, (laughs) but see how you can include them in the ways that you're helping. And as always do what's best for you and your family and then help others as best you can. I really hope that this helped and didn't instill any more fear in you. I really just want to, to be of service and to help. So reach out to me on email, charlene at playfuljoyparenting.com or Instagram is kind of my favorite place to be. And, um, I just put in my stories a little about me and a question box where you can type any questions you might have about me or about this, about the podcast. It's at playful joy podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd love to hear what your questions are or anything that you'd like to hear about at this time anything you're doing that's worked for you and your family or how you're finding the joy amongst the fear. What if we can flip the fear and find the joy? Thanks for listening. That gives me an idea. Let's all find the playful joy every day and share it with each other to combat all the negativity that's in the media right now. So tomorrow or well, it's uh, 1am now. So (laughs) today, when you find a little spot of joy in your day, 
take a picture and hashtag it playful joy and share it on Instagram or Facebook. And let's, let's, let's start a, start a thing. Let's start a movement. Let's find the playful joy, even though it's a hard, unknown, sometimes scary time. Let's show our children that even during times of struggle, we can find moments of joy and light moments of being together and having fun and laughing and just moments of joy. So I'd love to see your photos. I will post one tomorrow and hashtag it playful joy. I can't wait to see yours. Thanks again for listening. I'm excited about this. Good night.